0: Well, here we are, uh, finished another Holy Day season, and as we talked last week, we're in our own uh, plan of salvation, each and every one of us here, as plan of salvation-wise, Holy Day plan-wise, we're somewhere between these two Holy Days, the establishment of the New Covenant Church, the New Testament Church, 31 A.D., and the return of Jesus Christ, Lord of Lords, King of Kings returning here to this earth and establishing his feet on the Mount of Olives and ruling. We're not there yet, but we're somewhere in between, aren't we? We're somewhere in between, and here we are today. I'd like to talk uh, to some degree to the high school graduates who are here today, Uh, some of our young adults who are in that uh, entry phase of, of... spending a little bit more time on their own, being a bit more responsible for their own decisions. I'd like to talk to uh, the not so young, still young adults. I'd like to talk to some of us that have been around a little longer and some of you ancient ones that are here today. But primarily I think I want to work it uh, to some degree from, from the standpoint of at least the perspective of of many who are going out on their own, who are starting to experience a bit more independence. If, if it's like most families, uh, it's not that we're uh, held down until we hit 18 and then you're free to go, go fly. Uh, it's, it's hopefully for most of us in our, in our family situations as as parenting uh, continues from infancy all the way till we graduate from high school, there is greater and greater responsibility that's that is given to each child as that child uh, matures and and is accountable for his or her actions and and shows responsibility for being able to take on more and more decision making. But but uh, you get to that point where at some point you're on your own and. The race really becomes your race. It's your race. We're all in a collective race. We're all racing to that finish line of the return of Jesus Christ and, and that new beginning that begins before a new beginning <laughs> begins again with, uh, ultimately with God the Father coming down and dwelling with man for, uh, for all of eternity. But you're entering your race. You can't run my race, and I can't run your race. You've got your race to run. And and I hope that and I would assume that that most of us who are young adults here most of us who are teens most of us who are Graduating have realized that it's it's not that you're about to begin to start the race. You're running the race There's a race that you're running right now. There's a race that you've been running and Yes to some degree uh, we've had a lot of uh, support staff uh, in helping us run that race but uh, but ultimately you've got to choose whether you're going to run that race and how you're going to run that race just just like I need to choose myself sometimes we're sprinting yeah I I've talked about this before it fascinates me uh, these marathoners uh, because it's not a sprint uh, it is an endurance race but But it's fascinating uh, listening to these high, high high-end athletes that are able to run a a marathon averaging just under five minutes per mile. I I think I shared with you before, I got to 507 uh, in the 1600 meter back in, Back in my sophomore year of high school, and I got worse as as I got older. So I never I never got uh, did better than than 5:07. But uh, to run to average under five minute mile pace at the high for these guys that are elite athletes for 26.2 miles, it is it's unfathomable uh, for me to to uh, to to grasp that. Uh, the kind of conditioning that's there but even in that uh, they will tell you that that in that race there are times when that marathoner is is kicking out a 435 minute mile and then they may run some 530 something minute miles but there are times at, at different stages of the race where they're they're really uh kicking it in and and other times where they feel like they're, they're maybe barely moving, even though they're only running about a 530 mile uh, that mile. I remember when I ran mine uh, back at the age of uh, 21 uh, and, and hitting some of those, those walls where I, I felt like I was just dragging. Uh, to, to run it. I finished it at 759 minute miles is what my average was but there were times when I must have been pushing close to 930 uh, minute miles down, down the stretch and, and it was grueling but life is that way. There are going to be times and, and there are times for those of us who have been running the race uh, for a while where you feel like you're, you're, you're just man you got your second win, and you're cranking and there are other times that you feel like you're literally just crawling and climbing and feeling like you're slipping, but it is a race, and it's a race that all of us have to run, and you know what your race is right now. You know if you're, if you're clawing your way, if, you're, if, you're, if your nails are starting to bleed because you feel you're sliding as you're just trying to hang on, or you may be in a position right now where you feel like, you know, I'm, I'm going at a pretty good clip here with God's help, and, it's, and, that's, a, and that's a great thing. The, the key is is that we run the race, Are you running the race? Am I running the race? I'd like to talk today, uh, I I guess I'll just give you the title. Uh, Tried and tested, hyphen, tried and tested, five proven ways to quit the race. Uh, Another way of of putting it might be five proven ways to leave the faith. So I, I speak especially to our young people today because I, I hope that you have begun the race. I hope that you have seen that you've entered the race, but some may be sitting back saying, I don't know yet. I don't, I, you know, I've done what, what my parents have wanted me to do. You know, There may have been a little conflict here or there, but I've, I've followed what my parents have, have wanted me to do, but I don't really know yet if I want to really fully engage in that race. Or some of us, May feel like, hey, I've been running this race since I started to get the picture on things when I was six, seven, eight. It really started to click at age 10, uh, 14. I'm seeing it even more, but now I'm in a, a different phase. And as, as you know, I believe you know, as, as, as I know, as, as I experienced, and as I've watched others around me over the years, uh, there are quite a few that quit the race. They don't, they don't continue running. They don't continue running the race. We know that God is an ever-merciful God. We know the prodigal son analogy, uh, the, the parable that we have uh, in, in Scripture. We know that God is, is interested in all of us for the long haul. He is a deeply merciful and, and caring God. But there is a, a point at which we choose to either run the race or choose not to run the race. Or, and, uh, there is a, a point at which we can be running the race and, and choose to stop running the race. I, I would say a group this size, we've probably got some folks that are, 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 are battling that, thinking about that to some degree. How, how serious is this race to me? Is it something that I really feel is something that is worth engaging fully? There are passages that talk about uh, they that went out from us uh, were never of of us, and I believe there are some that are in that situation. Uh, Yet, at at the same time, Scripture tells us, and you've read those passages, those who have fallen away. Those who, who had the truth, there's the dog that returns to its own, uh, you know, that, that's the, the sow, uh, the pig that goes back to wallow in the mire. There, there's, there's all that that come into it and then, and then leave fall away, all the different reasons that that can happen. I think it's important for us to, to think deeply about that. I, I, I think those that have been in for the, the long haul and are, are committed to, to running that race and have run that race and know they may be getting near the end of their race, they know how vital it is to, to finish this long endurance race. I guess at the outset uh, let's turn to Jude 3. At, at the outset, let's also recognize as as we do, we talk about this often. But uh, there's a calling, and we as as God's people have been called. We have been drawn by God. Only God can do that. Mr. Franks talked about that uh, at at this year's uh, conference. He made made the statement that the main that nothing else trumps this when we when we think about church and church growth and and who is a part of the church and who isn't a part of the church it's the the passage that mr armstrong quoted so many times i remember as a kid no man can come to me uh, no man can come to jesus christ jesus christ is saying unless the father draws him we, we believe through Acts 2, 39 and, and 1 Corinthians 7 that that, that, that calling, that drawing of, of our young people has come through the parents being called. That, that door is open to you. Uh, God gives you, God gave me as a kid the opportunity to grasp these kinds of concepts and to choose to engage in the race or to choose to not run it. He, he gave me that option. And uh, I, I had to make that choice, and I still have to make that choice. As, as you know, you do as well, all of us. So, so with that, I'd, I'd like to look at these five, uh, five reasons uh, today, uh, not, not as, a, as a negative thing, but as a, as a way that each of us can look to see, well, what's the opposite of that? How do I keep that from happening? Uh, and in, in reality, I think, again, with, with a group this size, I would, I would say to ta- let's all take a hard look at ourselves to see are, are there some of these areas that, that have been pitfalls for, for me personally as, as I've gone uh as i've been in the church for for these these years what are some of those things that that pull at me that i felt Ooh, that that began to hit me a little bit and i i came close on this before i made a turn so let's let's think about those today as as a as a warning but but also as a as a way to to recognize hey i'm not going to be ignorant of satan's devices i'm not going to be ignorant of my own nature and the battles that i face okay Get it, got it, good? So we'll start here uh, with the beginning today, and I apologize to my interpreter because I'm, I'm moving around a bit, and uh, she will uh, have to talk with me later, and I'll take whatever correction she provides, but I, I had to change this at the last moment. The, the, first, the first one is Ling Chi. Does anybody know what Ling Chi? I think I, did I pronounce that correctly? Ling Chi. I didn't know what Ling Chi was, L-I-N-G-C-H-I. Uh, it uh, it's Chinese. It is something that was uh, implemented for about 1,000 years and it uh, didn't really begin to be out of use as a form of torture until the early 1900s. Anybody now know what Ling Chi is? Uh, Another phrase is the death of a thousand cuts, the death of a thousand cuts. We use that term sometimes in business. We use that term in a a variety of ways, but it is one of the, what I believe, uh, these are Burnett's just from from my experience of of seeing folks uh, ever since uh, I, I think about my teen years and in YOU, Youth Opportunities United, where we had about 120 people in YOU, in my uh, little congregation of Dayton, uh, to uh, the, all the young adults with, with whom I attended at Ambassador College and then moving back to the, the church areas and the various churches we've, uh, we've attended over the years. Uh, so many, so many uh, have left. One of those is the death of a thousand cuts. Another way of, of phrasing this, this point would be the Paul Simon song, slip sliding away. You know, the nearer your destination, the more you slip sliding away. Uh, I know a man. Anyway, I, I know that song. I learned that one in about sixth grade. But uh, slip sliding away, uh, the, another, another phrase, you know, so, so many, the, the straw that broke the camel's back, uh, slacker. You got a real problem McFly, you're a slacker. Uh, most of you know that, uh, some of you might not, but you're a slacker. Uh, the, the straw that broke the camel's back, the death of a thousand cuts, Slip sliding away. The thing with uh, Ling Chi, it was this form of torture that uh, for convicted criminals that uh, had conspired against the government often was, was how it was handled. But so you know they go through a series of people who are experienced in torture to where they can cut the person in. Uh, in and it takes basically, in essence, a thousand cuts before that person actually dies. Uh, excruciating way, but slowly and torturous. Uh, a, a tor- the torture uh, being implemented over a long period of time to where the first the person eventually bleeds out or or again uh, just out of. The, Sheer pain finally finally dies. But in, in a spiritual situation, this, this concept of the idea that a, a slow change is not perceived as being negative. It's more this one big thing happens. And, I, and I'm, not say, I'm not saying that, that sometimes a big thing doesn't happen in a person's life. But so often, as, as I look back on you know, some of the battles that, that I've had in my life, and as I look at some of the battles that others that have checked out of, of the faith. So often, uh, I'm, I'm not going to say that any one of these is, happens more often than others, but I've, I've seen this happen a lot, the death of a thousand cuts, the, the slow changes, the little changes, the little bits of, of, of lax, uh, laxity that have, that have taken place in a person's life instead of the large shift. And then all of a sudden, this many years later, boom! You see this happen, and they're no longer with us. I, I submit to you that for for many, the, especially the situation that happened in the mid '90s, the, the the apostasy that the church went through in the early '90s to the mid '90s, uh, why why there were so many that that uh, did not were not able to. To figure out what was going on and grasp the, the depth of that, um, I, I think in part was this this slip sliding away, uh, not being grounded in the kinds of things that, and, and being diligent in that to even know that they were the, the frog in the, boil, in, in the boiling uh, water that was getting hotter and hotter and hotter. Let's, let's speak to that here with uh, scripture. I said Jude 3. Keep your finger there. Let's go to Hebrews 6. Hebrews six twelve, familiar passage to us. Hebrews six, verse twelve. Just jumping, I'll just jump right into the statement. It's Hebrews six is a powerful, just such a powerful chapter. But but anyway, let's just go right to Hebrews six verse twelve, uh, verse eleven. And we desire that each one of you show the same diligence to the full assurance. Of, of hope until the end. Verse 10 tells us that God's not going to forget our work, our labor of love, which we've shown, but we've got to continue in that diligence. We've got to to stay in the race. We've got to stay focused and dedicated and, and not allow ourselves, as verse 12 says, that you do not become sluggish, that you do not become lazy. I think that uh, KJV says, slothful, this sluggishness, this laziness, but imitate those who through faith and patience, they're, they're running that race. They, they see what's ahead, th- those that inherit the promises. Jude 3, Jude 3, Jude 3, Jude 3 makes the statement, uh, one we we reference often. Beloved, while I was very diligent to write to you concerning your common salvation, our common salvation, it is a race that we're all racing. We all are are seeking ultimately, as we endure to the end, to uh, experience that change from human to spirit being to live with God for eternity. I found it necessary to write to you, exhorting you, uh, encouraging you, you can do it, to contend earnestly for the faith, This faith that was once uh, for all delivered to the saints." there are, there are folks that, uh, as verse four says, that are creeping in and, and marked for this con- condemnation who turn the grace of our God into lewdness and deny the only Lord God uh, and our, our Lord Jesus Christ. There are poles that are going to be there. And if there is a, a slackness, if there is a laziness, if there is a slothfulness, we, we can find ourselves, uh, again, sliding away and not not even know it until there we are we're gone Uh, you can put names on individuals who are in that situation i i i I can put names i can put many names in that situation second peter three second peter three verse 17 we can put a lot of people's names into this category as, as we've seen uh, that evidence. Of course, God knows what he's doing. He knows what he's allowing, and, and God, as we've mentioned already, in his perfect love and, and in his desire that all would come to repentance and, and remain in a uh, repentant state, knows what he's doing in, in working with individuals and, and what he'll do to, to bring them to that, hopefully. <coughs> Excuse me, but let's look at Second Peter 3, verse 17. <clears throat> if we're not on guard, if we're not staying sharp, if we're not staying grounded in, in allowing ourselves to become slack, these kinds of things begin to happen. And, and they may hit all of a sudden, but only after, the death of a thousand cuts, only after the sluggishness has been in place for all these years to bring us to this point that we don't even know where we are. Uh, you, therefore, beloved, uh, since you know this beforehand, beware lest you fall from your own steadfastness. <clears throat> Excuse me. Some some could honestly say, and I, I believe there are probably some here that could say, you know what, what, What? wait, fall from your own steadfastness. I haven't even yet entered into steadfastness. Uh, there's your problem, Vern, as uh, the one uh, TV uh, advertisement used to be. Uh, there, if we're not becoming steadfast, uh, we've got to begin to get steadfast in, in our diligence to, to serve God, uh, but, but these are folks that he's saying that, that you lest you fall from your own steadfastness being led away with the error of the wicked. Some just stop reading the word daily. Some don't continue in the things which they've learned. Let's look lastly at Second uh, Timothy 2, 2 Timothy 2, 15. 2 Timothy 2 verse 15, breaking into the thought here, he says to Timothy, be diligent to present yourself approved to God, a worker, not a sloth, but a worker who does not need to be ashamed, a worker who's delving into the word of God, rightly dividing the word of truth. A person that begins to slip away and, and comes to this point where uh, all of a sudden there they've checked out and, you know it, it, it can take it can manifest itself in various ways but they finally come to this point of being uh, of, of checking out uh, so many times I think in in counseling in those situations with an individual that question comes up of well what's your prayer life like I, I'm not I'm not really really praying that much well what's what's your what's your study life like uh, how, how's that how's that going ah you know i i don't i'm not really studying much and i I really i really need to get get on that Uh, to 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 be diligent to stay connected we've got to do that We've, we've got to be in that mode otherwise we're 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 on our own. We're on our own out there. This this world uh, has all kinds of pulls, and and if we're left to our own devices, if we're left to our own thoughts and thinking somehow, I'm kind of I'm kind of tagging along here, and I think it'll all be okay. It won't. It, it just won't. It won't, uh, and we've seen that play out over and over again. But the degree to which we, we yield to God in that and yield our lives to him with, in, our, in our studies, uh, asking for him to teach us and, and show us his ways and the beauty of his ways, uh, uh, tying all that together, uh, then, then God will be with us. God will be with us and he'll, he'll pull us through that uh, through and through. Let's go uh, to a second point here, and I'm not going to spend a lot of time with this. Let's go to 1 John 2. 1 John two, verse fifteen. And 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 to our young people, uh, I realize you've got a tremendous fight ahead of you. It's a it's a worthy fight, but you've got a lot of pulls, a lot of pushes in different directions. Uh, this this passage is is one. Uh, we know well. We understand well. We, we can we can cite it, but uh, when it comes uh, push comes to shove with this, it's it's a, an answer that we have to that we have to be able to answer on our own individually. You know what your pulls are. You know what the strongest pulls are away from God's world are. Uh, God's God's way of life and the ways of this world are. Uh, in in first in first John. Uh, 2 verse uh, 15 again he, he talks about the big three the love of the world the uh, the the things in the world uh, the lust of the flesh the lust of the eyes the pride of life uh, it's not of the father it's not, it's of this world the world is passing away and the lust of it uh, those those draws are there you know what those draws are for you i know what the pulls are for me i i I either will give myself over to those, I will allow myself to go that, be pulled in that direction, or I will choose not to and love not the world. Paul talks, uh, you won't have to turn there, I'll turn there really quickly, but Paul talks about an individual who did that. He talks about Demas, 2 Timothy 4.10. I just thought, wow, what, what a way to be remembered. Uh, 2 Timothy 4.10, for Demas has forsaken me, having loved this present world, and has departed for Thessalonica. Uh, and I just think, wow, uh, for, for Paul to have to say that, how heartbreaking it was for Paul and for Demas to, to have forsaken, in a sense, the way, uh, forsaken Paul and all that he was doing because he loved this present world. But that is, that is a, a huge, huge pull. The world uh, has some things to offer, and it's pretty appealing. You know what they are for you. I know what they are for me. But any of these things, any of these things that that pull at us that we know are not of God, as God's people, it can be any number of things. It can be a a a, a deep, deep desire for safety and financial stability. It can be a a deep desire for a relationship that we really want to work out uh, with one of the opposite sex, that we know is not a godly thing it's not the way god says to do it but this is the only one that's come along or or this this one's pretty good and i know a lot of marriages in the church that have gone bust uh completely broken apart so uh, this this girl or this guy uh seems to have all of these things going so ah i know that it says this but yeah i think i want to do i think i want to do this uh that becomes a person's idol it becomes uh, anything that is of the world that is not of God that is pulling us in a direction from that it will take you out it'll it'll take us out well I've seen these people they got this and they worked out here and this and there uh, if we know to do good and we don't do it we are saying to God I hear you and I know you're the eternal and you rule the universe and I know you love me, and I know you want to give me everything uh, and share that with me, but I don't want to do what you say. <laughs> that's, that's the bottom line, is it not? Uh, that, that's, that's, what's, uh, that, that's what's going on in our minds as we think that. That becomes something that, as God says, we are to have no gods before him, no gods besides him, uh, as, as Scripture says. And anything can become our God. Anything can become your God, anything can become my God. It can be status, it can be notoriety, it can be uh, things of a a wrong appropriate sexual nature, it can be any area uh, of life that can become our God. We are not to make graven images and we are not to have anything besides uh, to to go ahead of God than, than God himself. Mr. Franks actually uh, quoted a, a passage this morning that, that spoke to this. I, I'd like to turn there. I didn't have this in my notes either. Sorry, interpreter. Uh, let's go to uh, Ezekiel 14. Ezekiel 14. <clears throat> Ezekiel 14, verse 4. How many folks? How many names can you put on this second one? The ones who ultimately, when when you look at it, and God God knows the end game. God knows the end game with each individual. But but that are not with us now, because there, there is a god. There is a, an idol. There is some type of graven image that uh, that they're worshiping. That that is more important than than this way of life which is everything but that has that has dominated their thinking and pulled them out ezekiel 14 uh, verse 4 he says here therefore speak to them and say to them thus says the lord god everyone of the house of israel who sets up his idols in his heart not necessarily okay i'm going to worship this water bottle here i'm going to bow down and worship to it no it's 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 the the idols in our heart the things that that are are deep inside that we want that we can put ahead of god's way of life are are the are the things that that are truly important here that who sets up his idols in his heart and puts before him what causes him to stumble into iniquity and then comes the prophet uh comes to the prophet i the lord will answer him who comes according to the multitude of his idols and he goes through uh talking about how it won't go well for that individual and ultimately he says turn and repent turn and repent so love uh love not the world love not the world don't don't be a demas that's left us uh, having loved this present world let's make god our god before us Worshipping him uh, in every way. Let's look at our third third point here. A third way to to stop running the race. Let's go to Second Peter three. Back to Second Peter three again. This is one that it sometimes happens with 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 young adults. Uh, it happens sometimes with teens uh, and young adults. It it. it when it does happen uh, though, I, I, would, I would venture to say that it happens a little more often with folks that have been in the race for a while, uh, it, not always though, it, it can happen at any time and, uh, and it's a tricky one, it's a, it's a very deceptive one, but uh, I've seen quite a few drop out uh, of the race because of that. Uh, I guess we'd call it the rabbit hole uh, syndrome. They go down the rabbit hole. Uh, they begin to be become wise in their own eyes. You know, I know best. I know best as I as I'm looking into this and I'm looking into to, to that, and can get caught up in this bit of insight, wisdom that no one else seems to get, or maybe the church should be seeing it this way, but they don't. And I but I but I'm seeing that. I've, I've got this uh, and, and it begins to be that person's baby that that person begins to push. And, uh, and in some cases, uh, can be very agenda driven, uh, driven where the person gets into his or her talking points. And it seems like, you know, you, you, you're talking with that person, you're here at services and we're talking and we're talking about life. We're talking about God's way of life, but, but that person always kind of seems to come back to this one thing that he or she's been thinking about that's, uh, that is definite uh, def- a definite agenda that uh, he's trying he or she's trying to promote, and, and they end up de- developing a, a kind of a skewed view of Christianity. This person begins to be in his or her own mind the only authority. He he gets this, and the church doesn't get this. So the church must be off, and and this this becomes the most important thing that I'm that because I see this, and all of a sudden they are way over here, uh, away from the body uh, of Christ, all because of, of, of some of these, these little rabbit holes that uh, people can go, go down uh, into Second Peter 3:16, Second Peter 3 verse 16. Talking about Paul uh, as, Peter discusses here, as also in all his epistles, uh, speaking in them uh, of these things, Paul, as Paul was writing about the kinds of things that Peter was discussing here. And he says, in which are some things hard to understand, uh, un- untaught and unstable people twist those words of-, of Paul's to their own destruction, as they do also the rest of the scriptures. I've dealt with uh, individuals over the years, as-, as you probably have as well, that Get a little different interpretation, and again, you know, I'm not, I'm not uh, putting uh, the kibosh on on our discussions as we see things and we, we read this and we wonder, could this mean this? And we discuss all that. That I think that's good and that's healthy, but to begin to to become wise in our own eyes on things like this, uh, and and then ultimately uh, being able to to where that becomes their baby, and they, they they can begin to take that and pull that in a way that takes them in a direction that really goes south. <clears throat> so, <clears throat> as they do the rest of scriptures, and he says, grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, the Jesus Christ. And I think Mr. Jones gave a message on that uh, a while back. But what is it to grow in the grace and the knowledge of God, the, the heart and core of, of this way of life? That, that's where we've got to stay grounded or we can get off in, you know, and go down some of these, these rabbit holes. 2 Timothy 2, verse 23. 2 Timothy 2, verse 23. The internet gives us an opportunity or gives folks an opportunity to really uh, show to God's people all the rabbit holes to which they can travel uh, we've got to be on guard uh, uh, for that 2nd Timothy 2, 2 Timothy 2 verse 23 2nd Timothy 2 verse 23 avoid foolish and ignorant disputes knowing that they generate strife a servant of the Lord must not quarrel but be gentle to all able to teach patience in humility correcting those who are in opposition if, if God perhaps will grant them repentance so that they may know the truth, that they may come to their senses and escape the snare of the devil, having been taken captive by, by him uh, to do his will. Uh, and sometimes, uh, that, that can happen. Uh, Mr. Longarica uh, talked in Sherman uh, this, uh, a couple of Sabbaths ago about a situation where a member got off. A member really got off on something. And, uh, and began to promote that and it really created a problem. It really created a problem in, in the church and, uh, and he worked with the person very gently and uh, anyway, but, but the person was, was involved in that. So uh, he, had to, uh, he had to suspend the individual and, uh, and it, was, it was very difficult and many brethren were impacted by this person's writings that, that were off as he was on uh, that agenda. Interestingly enough, uh, Mr. Longarica said uh, several months later, as he was kind of out there on his own in that world, he began to see that he was off. He got off on it. He really got off. And he came back, uh, as Mr. Longarica said, he came back very humbly and he said, Mr. Longarica, I was wrong. I made this mistake and this mistake and this mistake. And will you please allow me to come back to be with God's people? And Mr. Longarica said, yes, yes, we want you back. We're very eager for you to be back with us. But I want you to, to prepare a letter. I want you to prepare a letter to the brethren and give that to me. And I will share that with them uh, so, so they can know where you are. And, and I, thought, I thought, you know, that, that's the way you do those kinds of things. It was a situation where he really messed up and impacted a lot of people. And he could have come back into the congregation with Mr. Longarica allowing him to do so in, in a repentant attitude, but yet it's not been restored because of all that, that he had said. So he prepared that letter and, and Mr. Longarica gave that letter to, to the brethren so that they saw where this individual was, was uh, you know, had come to this, this state of, of, of clarity and, and apology. And he was welcomed back with open arms, and it's a beautiful thing. That that's how that's how that kind of process works, and that's what we're seeing uh, here uh, in verses 25 and, and through 26. Uh, sometimes we we get we get taken captive by him to to do his will as we get pulled in different ways. Uh, and, and, that, and that causes issues, but from that we can return as, as we humble ourselves. But that, that's another one of these areas, these, these, these rabbit holes, uh, agenda-driven situations. Let's look at First Corinthians 3, First Corinthians 3. The longer and longer that I'm in the church, uh, the more I'm grasping <laughs> verse, verses 18 through, through 23. I, um, we, we're so blessed with the knowledge uh, that we've been given, but whatever knowledge we've been given, we've been given by God. And it's critical that each of us, if we're to, to run this race and finish this race, to not deceive ourselves. Because we can do it. Uh, People are doing it. People will do it right up until the the time of Jesus Christ's return. We can fall into that, uh, that category if we allow ourselves. But we've got to stay in this kind of state of mind. Verse 18 of chapter 3. Let no one deceive himself. If anyone among you seems to be wise in this age, let him become a fool that he may become wise. For the wisdom of this world is foolishness with God. The, the kinds of things where we can deceive ourselves into thinking this and this, and I've got this, and I'm going to push this, and all the things that then come in behind the scenes of human nature in these kinds of situations. Uh, it says this, that, that this stuff is foolishness with God, verse 19, for it's written, he catches the wise in their own craftiness. And again, the Lord knows the thoughts of the wise that they're futile. Let no one boast in men. For all things are yours, he says, whether Paul or Apollos or Cephas or, or the world or life or death or things present or things to come, all are yours <coughs> in, in that all that God is, is, is going to give us will, will be ours. Uh, but we, we, we realize as God's people, though, ultimately, that we are Christ's. We are of, of him and Christ is God's. That, that is where our knowledge is, that is where our wisdom is, and, and we must stay in a state of humility uh, lest we become wise in our eyes and, and get caught down that rabbit hole. That's a challenge uh, sometimes for folks growing up in the church, and s- stay with me on this. Uh, you know, growing up, Coming to that point, and you know, those of you young folks here, you know when the teachings of the church began to be not just your parents but yours. You know, you know when, and some of you maybe aren't there yet. Uh, maybe some of you were there, like you say, seven, eight, nine, ten. Uh, you are each an individual, and, and you know that situation. If if you don't, I'd, I'd start thinking about it. Okay, <laughs> I'd be thinking about it. What what do I believe? What why am I here? Why am I doing what I'm doing? But but for those growing up in the church, there there is this element of of when these this belief system begins to become my my own, and sometimes this happens where. Here we are. We, we've grown up in the church. We're, we're in the church. We've experienced the many blessings. We've experienced some challenges. But then, all of a sudden, a question can come up—a question in our lives. We can get caught up uh, in a certain question that we can't answer fully from from Scripture. It's it's wow. I, the the church says they don't know. We don't know necessarily what the answer is on this. Or the church may may say this is what we base this on, because of this, this, and this, we come to this conclusion uh, on this, and, and as, as you begin looking, it, it may be something that's a, you get, you get hung up on something. I, I don't know that the, why is the church saying that it is this way, and it's got to be this way, and that begins to be, be a sticking point for an individual. Uh, maybe some of you have never had that happen, but may, maybe some of you have, uh, and it, it can become a real point of, uh, of turning, uh, in, in terms of, of a direction that, uh, we, we go as we go forward in our, in our Christian walk. Uh, when, when those things happen, what, what I've seen happen sometimes, and again, I'm not the, the all wise one here, but just some of the things that I've seen that I, I think this is interesting. I've seen this happen sometimes with, with, uh, older teens and young adults, they'll, they'll find that one thing that it's, it doesn't quite make sense, I can't sort this out, and then that begins to be the whole focus, and everything completely bears down on that one thing that they can't understand or doesn't seem to be right with the church, and, and then from that, everything expands out from that. And it all of a sudden, everything is up in the air. Everything, the, the truth, this way, way of life, all that I've ever lived, it all is hanging on this one thing that maybe doesn't quite make sense. It could be something in science. Maybe something that Scripture says it's this way, and yet with science, everything that I'm reading points, points to this. You know what I'm saying? Uh, these kinds of things can happen. And, and what I see happening sometimes with folks is they'll, they'll throw, so they'll throw the whole thing out. They'll throw the whole thing out, and what, and 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 then begin to go this different direction. Not realizing all the things, so many things in their whole life that they're doing, all of these things like how to treat someone else, uh, what what kinds of foods we eat, uh, the the. How, how we treat one another in the family, how we work in our jobs, how we uh, decide to uh, be truthful in this situation, how we have morals in this. They, they, they forget that all these, semi, forget that all these things that they're living are because of this whole way of life that they deeply understand and grasp. But it's all of a sudden this one little thing that's right here that's off and then that's their focus and everything blows up and here, they're, they're gone. Uh, and, and that's what I'm talking about with the rabbit hole. Uh, as 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 you begin to develop your thoughts and, and completely come into your own thoughts about is this is this the church that I believe or not? It's critical for us always to remember the big picture that that God has given us. The big picture, just 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 for instance, the plan of God. That how could. Uh, That that some people may we we may take for granted saying that God has a plan for everybody and that God doesn't desire any to uh, to perish but for all to come to repentance that that's not what the world's religions teach. We, we understand that and, and what can happen is a person may get caught up in this and then we still got, the person may have all these other things that he or she understands like that for instance, the, the beautiful plan of salvation that God has for all of mankind that they keep intact but they say this is off so everything goes off and then then they're gone. Uh, so those kinds of, uh, of things are critical for us when we begin to have something that challenges us that we don't quite understand. Always be able to step back and see the big picture, the growing in the grace and the knowledge of, of, of the Lord, the entire package of this way of life that God has given us, the foundational truths that we have. Keep those in your mind. Keep those grounded as, as you're at university, as you're seeing these people live this way of life, and this person lived this way of life, and this person's a really good guy, she's a really neat girl, but, uh, but they don't keep the Sabbath, they don't keep this, they don't keep this, and then it just, it gets really wonky for us if we don't stay grounded in the basic truths that we have. Okay, that was uh, a, a second, that was a third point. A third point. This fourth point is one that I'd like us to go to in Hebrews 2. Hebrews 2. Time check? Okay, we're in good shape. Okay. Hebrews 2. Another uh, race race finisher or drop out of the race uh, situation that can happen. It happens... uh, typically with those who uh, are at the verge of starting the race or have shortly uh, been engaged in the race as as well as as those who have been in for a very very long time, but it's it's uh, It's we'll read again in Hebrews 12 verse 14 Hebrews 12 verse 14 he says pursue peace with all people and holiness Pursue peace with all people and holiness, without which no one will see the Lord. Looking carefully, lest anyone fall short of the grace of God. Fall short of that, fall fall short of, of God's great abundant mercy and care to be in under God's Benevolent, loving protection, uh, and and his plan to be in a state of grace with God, favor looked upon as he sees us as his children, being uh, in his family for eternity. To to fall from that, uh, fall short of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness. This this root, something takes root. It's it's some something that's happened. Uh, 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 some. An offense, a hurt, uh, a breach of trust, a any kind of thing. A, a, again, a, a deep pain that that's happened as a result of, of somebody doing something, or saying something, or thinking something, or acting, or slighting us in some way, or or a, or a situation that's happened that God hasn't intervened, and and uh, and caused us to, to get through in flying colors, any one of those things to where there's this, this resentment or this cynicism or this bitterness that takes hold, that it begins to spring up in us. It, it gets grounded and it grounds a little bit deeper and deeper and it springs up in us and it causes trouble. And by this, many, many become defiled. Many can become defiled by that. You know whether or not that's happened. Uh, young people, you've been in situations and you know whether someone has treated you poorly. Uh, maybe someone in the faith, uh, maybe intentionally, uh, maybe unintentionally slighted you in some way. Or, uh, or, or I've experienced those kinds of things. I think to, to one degree or another, all of us have, have seen folks say or do Bad things to us, and I think most of us have probably recognized that we've said or done some bad things to others. But 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 that this this little bit uh, takes root and it's there. It, it's operating on a slow burn, and we just can't seem to kick that. Uh, or or uh, especially in in our our youth, as relationships are so critical, uh, so vital in in. Our makeup of who we are, of to see a relationship get fractured because of some hurt that somebody's done to us. And, and that is such a powerful emotion that uh, takes root and festers and can build in our lives. And, and as it says here, and by this, many become defiled. Verse 17, for you know that afterwards, speaking of Esau, when he wanted to inherit the blessing, he was rejected because he found no place for repentance, though he sought it. He sought the blessing diligently with tears. There's uh, something that gets in there, and it could be a, an unforgiving attitude about something, uh, for someone that's, that's hurt us or messed up in some way, another human being that is as human as we are, that, that's made mistakes and and, and done things he or she shouldn't, but, but it, it, it sits there, and, and instead of, of working through that and seeking to resolve the issue, uh, or, or to let that go through forgiveness, or, or to recognize again, God, please be merciful to that person who has sinned against me, uh, because I want you to be merciful to me, and if I can't extend mercy, how can I expect you to be merciful to me? otherwise the offense the hurts the bitterness all of that uh f- forms and the person begins to gradually or suddenly in some cases remove him herself or, or pull away from the body of christ some of you probably had that happen uh i i think uh, there are probably quite a few in here that at different times have had that and you've recognized what that was like to start to get away that far and the danger zone that that into which we fell before we climb back in that race crawling back to to that path uh, it is so critical there's there, there's an individual in in Second chronicles that battled that let's let's go there 2 chronicles uh, chapter 16 really briefly we'll cover the story this individual was uh, a mighty uh, king of, of God in in the In the southern kingdom and had instituted many many reforms but in the process of uh, a action by i believe it was basha king of uh, israel coming down uh, and threatened to destroy uh, the southern kingdom uh, the individual reached out to syria to to help in that regard and and after uh, he he did that uh, Basha stopped building what he was, the fortifications that he was building, and and the southern kingdom did, in fact, have peace. But the prophet then said that, Asa, you messed up here. You messed up, and you messed up big time. Let's look at it here. 2 Chronicles, uh, Chronicles 16. Boy, I'm having a hard time getting there. I think it's because I'm talking and turning at the same time. Here we go with that can't do that I can't multitask here we go Uh, second chronicles 16 at that time verse 7 after Asa had done this uh, and and had gotten relief Hananiah the seer came to Asa king of Judah and said to him because you've relied on the king of Syria and have not relied on the eternal your God and this was this was a king who had set up so many different reforms, entering into a covenant, uh, the whole nation entered into a covenant with God to seek the Lord of God of their fathers with all their heart and with all their soul. As it says in chapter 15, all kinds of uh, reforms that he made and removing uh, the mother, uh, Makah, the mother of Asa the king from being queen mother because she had made an obscene image of Asherah. I mean, he got after it. He got after it in trying to do what was right, but he made this mistake. And instead of saying, as David did, I have sinned, forgive me, and getting right with God, it got under his skin. You know, who's this, this prophet to say this to me? And, you know, look at what I've done. I've done all these things. I've, I've been uh, valiant in serving the Lord. How dare this person say this to me in this situation? But uh, verse eight, as they talk about the story, he says, uh, he says, well, wait, continuing verse seven, because you've relied on the king of Syria and have not relied on the Lord, your God. Therefore, the army of the king of Syria, of, of Syria has escaped from your hand. Were the Ethiopians and the Lubim not a huge army with very many chariots and horsemen, yet because you relied on the eternal, he delivered, you, uh, delivered them into your hand? The eyes of the, the Lord run to and fro throughout the entire earth to show himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is loyal to him. Hanani, uh, Asa, in this, you've done foolishly. Therefore, from now on, you're going to have wars." Asa was angry with the seer and he put him in prison, for he was enraged at him because of this. <clears throat> Excuse me, and Asa oppressed some of the people at that time. He ended up contracting an illness and he died. Uh, so doesn't say if he, if he turned in the end, but it, it sounds like uh, he got bitter. He just got bitter and, and didn't turn from that. It's, it's serious business. Uh, to, to allow that. If, if you sense that coming on, fight it. As we know, as, as the Olivet prophecies tell us, that uh, because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will wax cold. Many, many will become offended during those times. Okay, let's look at the last one. <coughs> the, the last one here as we wrap things up. Let's go to Second Timothy 4. Second Timothy 4. Verse 6, as we run our races, we're going to have many joys. We're going to have traumas. Some are dealing with traumas right now. We're going to have tragedies. We're going to have persecution. We're going to have disappointments. We're going to have loss deep losses. We're going to have personal struggles, personal battles and struggles that we face. May we never lose vision. May we never lose hope. May we never doubt God's love and his involvement and move into this state of indifference. You know, there's nothing really here in this for me. Young people will sometimes say this: "I've been in this church, and uh, it's just like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm coming out of high school, or I'm, I'm here a young adult, and there's nothing really in this, uh, in this for me. What is, what is church to you? What is this way of life to you? What is eternity with God for you? What is it for me? What is being given all things? Or." never existing. Uh, what, what do we mean? There's, there's nothing really in this for me. It's, it's all about whether or not we choose to enter into this race and, and recognize the beauty of the race that God has given us. Paul says in 2 Timothy 4, verse 6, 2 Timothy 4, verse 6, that he had run the race. He was being poured out as a drink offering and and he was about to depart. He was about to die. He said, I fought the good fight. I've I've finished this race. I've kept the faith. He had such a, a hope and such a clarity and such a vision of what God had laid out for him. But he says here not not only for him only because paul was all about the giveaway paul had the mind of god the mind that you and i are 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 hoping that god will continue to develop in us as as we seek him in his ways there's this crown of righteousness which the lord the righteous judge will give to me on that day and not to me only but but also to all who loved his appearing young people I hope that you will instill in your vision, in a vision, the, the, the hope of, of the appearing of Jesus Christ and what that means for you individually and what that means for all of mankind because you know that all of mankind is made in God's image. All of mankind is ultimately our brother and our sister. All of mankind is, is, is whom we want to share eternity with as one family. You and I can choose to to run the race. We can choose to enter the race. We can choose to step out of the race. Think about that.